Just before I start this episode with Matt Levy, you'll notice the quality of the audio is not quite up to standard. This was recorded right in the middle of COVID in 2020, and Matt and I were having some technical issues. I have edited it the best I can and apologise in advance for the audio quality, but please have a listen, as it is an inspiring story about Matt and his journey to becoming a Paralympian. Thank you. Welcome to Conversations with Grace, the podcast, the place where we delve into the processes and strategies that these entrepreneurs use to manifest success. You will get inspiration from these individuals who found their life purpose. What could be better than living your passion? Have a listen as they talk about their journey. Hello and welcome to Conversations with Grace. Today I have a very special guest. His name is Matt Levy, OAM. He's a four-time Paralympian gold medalist. Welcome, Matt. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. (laughs) Let's go back to the start. How did this all start in the athletic field, wanting to be an Olympian? Yeah, so I was born at 25 weeks premature back in uh, 1987, so quite early. Uh, I was um, I weighed around um, 600 grams, so quite small as well, and um, I was about about the size of a, a human palm essentially when I was was born so um yeah from the very beginning it was quite tough I've had around I guess 50 odd operations uh, to date um, ranging from uh, heart lungs ear yeah pretty much most parts of my body have had something something done done to it and I was born uh, with uh, cerebral palsy which is a neurological condition and um, also due to uh, a bleed on the brain in the first three four days of life I became vision impaired due to lack of oxygen so yeah, definitely didn't start out the best, but um, that was definitely, I guess, a good intro into into sport. And um, my parents, I guess, definitely sent me in that direction in terms of uh, for rehab and and uh, just I guess keeping healthy and keeping mobile. Yeah, so it definitely my beginning definitely helped get me into sport, and um, yeah, definitely kind of went from there. And yeah, it's been a great journey, and it's been uh, full of successes and full of not so successful stuff but um, I think I've been able to learn from those experiences and really kind of enjoyed the journey and really come out of it better than I uh, than I started and um, yeah it's been a, a wild ride to, to date which is which is pretty cool. So what sort of um, sports did your parents put you into at the start? Uh, it was mainly always swimming so um, for rehab purposes and uh and for health purposes yeah I was mainly swimming because uh, uh, I guess walking around and, and um getting around is not the easiest so swimming I guess gave me that opportunity to move my body freely and be able to I guess move in a lot freer way than I would on land and yeah it's definitely didn't like swimming at first but um yeah it kind of grew on me as time passed but I guess I've tried various other sports um running not so good and um yeah, I guess you did it on more kind of learning to ride a bike and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's just always, I guess, been something for me, which is, um, yeah, tough in this coronavirus situation because they've closed pretty much all the pools or yeah, have closed all the pools. So. Yeah, well, I guess it was the, the best form for you so that you could move around. It was just easier for you in the water. Yeah, definitely. I guess at the early days, I definitely would have swallowed a lot of water and, and that kind of stuff. But, mm. but yeah, it was definitely the, the easiest kind of sport to have me do and being an asthmatic as well it definitely helps with like increasing the lung capacity and and, and that kind of stuff as well and uh, I guess the health 
stuff aside, it's, it was great. It's a great opportunity, I guess, to meet people and great opportunity, I guess, to see the, to see the world as well. Um, like, even if I wasn't representing my country, I'd still, I guess, be traveling around and doing some meets and, and that kind of stuff. So it's been, yeah, a really great opportunity to open my eyes to different experiences as well. So at what stage in your life did you realise it was going to be a really important part of your life, that you really wanted to take it further? Um, I guess it kind of all started back in 1999. I um, was in year five at the time and I went to my school swimming carnival at Olympic Park and I remember doing my swimming races and really kind of (laughs) probably barely making 50 metres and that kind of moment really kind of hit home to me that I kind of really wanted to do something more with my sport and it kind of really also part of that experience really kind of taught me the importance of, I guess, setting a goal and the importance of really kind of like striving for something. Because I remember thinking back to that moment, that swimming carnival in 1999, I, I, I did all my swim races and played around with my friends in the play equipment and actually got left back at the pool. The school had already left and back on the bus. <laughs> so I had to make my way all the way, I had to make my way all the way home. Um, it was about... I, 60, 70Ks from Olympic Park. And I guess back then it was no social media, no Instagram. I didn't have mobile phones. So I had like 60 cents in my pocket to call my parents and let them know what I was doing and took me around three and a a bit, four hours to get home. But I guess that definitely started me on not so much the journey of competing and, and swimming, but really the journey of, I guess, setting goals and really kind of not letting opportunities pass you by and Eight or so months later, I um, was lucky enough to watch the Paralympic Games in Sydney. And yeah, that was a real eye-opener for me in terms of watching people with far disabilities than myself compete for their respective countries. And yeah, it kind of really set the tone for myself wanting to really, I guess, do something in the sport. But yeah, like the, definitely the swimming carnival moment definitely helped with shaping that kind of pathway from the, yeah. from the beginning. And yeah, like I obviously did get home and yeah, there was a lot of like lessons in negotiations in in understanding like I guess different ways to do things and thinking outside the box and all that kind of stuff, which is pretty cool when you look back on it. But yeah, pretty scary for someone that was um 12 or so years of age and obviously had a disability as well. That's amazing. What a wonderful story because I'm very much into setting goals as well. But for someone like yourself who had some setbacks and to set goals and achieve them is amazing. So well done, Matt. Follow me on my Facebook page at gracechevelle.liveyourpassion. So whereabouts have you travelled? Oh, a fair few places. Um, I think my travelling for my sport started way back in probably 2001. I had a few junior nationals and stuff, and that was in, in Brisbane, and that was, I guess, the first opportunity that I had to travel domestically. And I was lucky enough to go later that year to Spain. It took us around 50-odd hours to get to Spain and, and, and compete. And yeah, I guess I've travelled all around Europe, uh, US, and Canada. And yeah, the Paralympics, I guess, is always my fondest moment. So uh, Athens in 2004, uh, Beijing in 2008, London in 2012, and Rio de Janeiro in, wow. in 2016. Um, so they're, like, I guess, always my fondest moments. But, but yeah, it's definitely, I guess, great to kind of, I guess, meet different cultures and experience different cultures as, as well and yeah I think yeah Paralympics is, is unique because um, it's mm. the only opportunity we get as athletes as swimmers or individual sports to actually kind of cohabitate with, with other other people from other sports and yeah it's a great I guess opportunity for that and different cultures in a different different way as well it, it's difficult 
traveling like i guess people would think traveling is really really exciting but at the end of the day we're traveling just to go to a swimming pool and compete most of the times we don't actually get to see most of the other stuff around yes, um true yeah. yeah so it makes it very difficult and difficult i guess to articulate to people as well because they think like you're going to these amazing places and seeing these amazing things but technically it's just another swimming pool yes um, that's right it's a dedication to your sport that's where I guess all the, the outside learnings come into play and which kind of really hit home to like that's the kind of thing that you really need to understand from from sport as opposed to I guess the experiences of going to different cultures and meeting different experience different food and that kind of stuff because it tends to happen very rarely so yeah it's just really about I guess remembering that when, when I'm traveling and not expecting to go to the Eiffel Tower or climb the Great Wall of China it's interesting I guess, in a different way of looking at it as well. If you would like more information about goal setting, you can listen to my other podcast, Your Road to Success, where I go into the steps to the power of goal setting and dividing your goals into small actions. This can be found in episodes six and seven. Tell me a little bit about your wins. Yes, I was lucky enough to win gold as part of the medley relay in 2008 Paralympic Games in Beijing. So that was pretty amazing. Part of um, part of the relay team there, and yeah, I guess that that kind of meet. Uh, I didn't swim as well as I wanted to. I, I guess I won a medal as part of the team, but individually I didn't swim well. So I kind of really looked at that as a turning point in my career, and kind of really saw it as a way that I can kind of get better and understand that how to train. There's one way I guess of thinking that you're training hard, but there's I guess if you really like look down and and um, really break it down to really kind of train hard is, is a totally different thing and yeah that was I guess when I kind of realized that yeah I was just turning up to training and going through the motions really and not really kind of understanding that I was really training for a goal and um, <laughs> yeah like it was, it was it was interesting like way of looking at it and yeah that really kind of helped me shape my sport and my way of thinking for the next four years and yeah I was lucky enough to go to London 2012 and that was my best medal haul to date I won a gold or silver and three bronze and I think it was back to that the kind of like thinking and that mentality to really kind of understand that yeah if you really want something you need to work for it and it's not just going to happen like that and you can't think that what was good yesterday is going to be good tomorrow and yeah it was really bad I guess getting into that mentality that every day is a new day and a new day to improve and yesterday I could have been doing x and I need to do a, a lot better the following day to I guess keep improving and and yeah I think my biggest successes I guess has been in 2012 London yeah it was um really I guess fantastic to one represent my country and uh, I guess represent my country in such a, on a, such a big stage because London 2012 we um yeah it was I guess a big boom in commercialization and social media and all that kind of stuff so it was really fabulous to I can't I guess do do well at those games and kind of see the benefit of that through um 2012 and, and, and beyond because yeah it's, it was amazing to see the difference from 2004 through 2012 in terms of the professionalism and the understanding of the public and I think that goes to show through the TV and the social media and all that kind of stuff how that kind of came into play and I really kind of enhanced the reputation of, of us as Paralympians and, and how I guess the world viewed Paralympics as well. Tell me a little bit about how it felt receiving a gold medal what is the feeling like finally achieving your goal after all that hard work yeah it's an interesting feeling because i think in the moment you're wrapped up in i guess 
um, what you've just done and, and the achievement. And you also, I guess, have to remember as well that you got other races to come and other races to compete in. So it's really about trying to tone down that excitement and really kind of work on the next be, one. Yeah, work on the next one and work on, like, I guess, that process to really uh, improve event by event by event because you got heats and finals and sometimes two in one day. So it makes it very tricky to. I guess, release that emotion and really kind of celebrate and then kind of tone yourself down again and then obviously go to sleep and do all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's really overawing experience, I guess, winning a gold medal and to win it in front of a crowd that we had at London 2012 was fantastic. But, yeah, it was really hard to kind of tone tone the emotions down and really hard to, I guess, understand that I have more races to come and, and that kind of thing. But I think, yeah, most of the celebration came after the games and when I kind of had finished. But um, I think that's, yeah, difficult as an athlete to explain to general public that, yeah, like I've won a medal or won a gold medal and I've done really well, but I need to like focus on my next race and really kind of be professional um, for the team and be professional, I guess, around um, the general public as well because you don't want to like screw up your next race and, um, disappoint uh your team if you're in a relay and that kind of stuff just because you've like over over exerted yourself emotionally but yeah it was yeah i remember the crowd and it was um yeah deafening in, in the relay and he definitely in all my all my individual races you couldn't hear anything and they had to like delay the start a couple of times in a few of my races and wow. yeah it's really i guess amazing feeling and yeah it's, it's difficult as well because as athletes we train for this one moment and this one i guess opportunity and yeah it's really hard i guess to kind of put it into words and really try and remember that yeah it doesn't really matter. I guess at the end of the day if we train our hardest and do the best we can there's not much I guess more you can do and yeah it's tough I guess in that moment when you're on the blocks because you're thinking about so many things and you've got so many doubts in your head that have I done enough what are my competitors doing and, and all that kind of stuff so it's yeah really you need to remember I guess why you're here and what you're doing and how much work you put in to kind of get there to really kind of bring it home that whatever happens happens it doesn't really matter at the end of the day it's just just a swim race but um yeah it's really difficult to kind of remember in that moment because mm. um there's so many different thoughts going through your head and you don't want to disappoint people that have like worked so hard to get you to where you you are but yeah you can't do anything about the people that you're versed and the outside factors you can only i guess control what you can control and at the end of the day that what i can control is what i do in my swimming race and if i do that to the best of my ability I'll hopefully be able to get the outcome I want. And yeah, that's just really hard to kind of comprehend as an athlete sometimes because you want you want to get those results and you want to get those results you dream of and um, set as goals. But sometimes, yeah, they can be a bit out of your hands. It's similar to some actors who they're doing a movie and they stay in character because they have to be focused. Yeah. It's a similar type thing where it's the focus. When you focus on one thing, you're more likely with that energy to succeed in that area. Yeah, and I guess it's very similar to that. And yeah, it's not trying to be selfish in, in any way. But no. yeah, I guess that's kind of like the the mentality you need in most in any of those kind of industries. And if you want to get to the top in any industry, it definitely needs to be a, a singular focus. But I don't think I could have done what I've done today without, I guess, the team around me and the people that I've brought along that journey. And I think that's the same as any profession wants to get to that 1% or less of their field and I guess the public see me as an individual succeeding but there's a whole army behind me that actually got me to that place from day dot to um, the present day and it's amazing to kind of I guess think back on that and, and the process I guess 
that I've had to go through for the past like 19 years. So I would imagine you would have a lot of great support behind you to help you along the way. Yeah, definitely. And I think even more so now if um, I'm working part-time or nearly basically full-time plus trying to do a swimming career and I'm doing an MBA as well. So the sport definitely comes in handy. Matt, um, is there anything you don't do? Oh, I'm, I'm not swimming at the moment. Um, I'm not swimming at the moment because um, obviously the pools are closed. No, that's right. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. So it's a good opportunity to kind of do some extra learning and, and getting all those kind of stuff out of the way. And then I can kind of kick into gear when I need to, whenever that is. <laughs> I hope you're enjoying Conversations with Grace. If you like, you can also listen to my other podcast, Your Road to Success, wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's a motivational step-by-step guide, taking you from where you are now to living the life of your dreams. So have a listen. So tell me, going back a little bit, what was your swimming schedule actually like? Yeah, so it's pretty busy. So I get up at around 4.30 a.m. and get in the pool around 5.30 a.m. in the morning train from about 5.30 to 7.30. We do about 5, 6Ks, depending on what the what the session is. Um, then I'd head to work after that, get into work around 8, work from 8 a.m. to around 4. And then I'd head back to training in the afternoon, um, whether it's in the pool or in the gym or, or um, something to that effect. Train for another two hours. <laughs> so train from around 4 to, 4 to 6.30. And then um, I head home afterwards and I'll obviously have dinner and um, get ready for bed. And then if I've got a uni assignment due, I do a bit of uni uh, and then go to bed by around nine. So it's um, pretty full on days. But um, yeah, I think it's great to get into, I guess, a routine and get into a rhythm of doing something that you kind of really enjoy. And yeah, I guess the the balance definitely does help. Um, And that's what I definitely found with this COVID situation, the lack of balance was hard to kind of comprehend at the beginning because um, you're used to kind of doing this and doing that um, and then like part of it's like taken away and yeah that was kind of really hard to kind of understand and get into my head and get my body to kind of understand because I've done the same thing day in day out for the past 20 or so years and to not do that was a bit a bit tricky but yeah it's all I guess there to test us and there to kind of give us a bit of understanding <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing. You know, you you actually make the most of every day, don't you? I do. You actually <laughs> fill it up. It's amazing what you can do in 24 hours, isn't it? Yeah, well, there's 4,000-ish seconds in the day. and I, guess you, <laughs> <laughs> I, I read, that quote, read that quote somewhere. Um, but, yeah, if you can, I guess, utilise a good portion of that, you're getting a good chunk of the way to um, succeeding in life. But, yeah, yeah it's an interesting uh, way of doing it. And I guess... Yeah, it's just really about, I guess, making those opportunities count. Yeah, kicking those goals. Follow me on Instagram at Grace underscore Chevelle. What are you working on at the moment? Yeah, so I'm working. I guess that's a big part of most of my days. And I'm doing an MBA online in leadership and innovation. I've finished that hopefully in September. So that's, I guess, getting to the tail end of that. So it's kind of good timing to be able to do that and to really kind of get my head stuck into that and how long is that course for or i think it's an 18 month course okay um so i started early last year and i would have probably done part-time this trimester and next trimester but i guess the way it kind of worked i was able to switch to full-time for this whole year and knock it off in september instead of doing it all again still in july next year so yeah so it should work out pretty pretty well and yeah that definitely those definitely keep me busy 
trying to keep up my social media and, and LinkedIn and, and do that kind of thing as well. I really like sharing my story and my life and so I'm being really great. From my experience, people love hearing uplifting stories and yours is one of them, Matt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what's your next goal as far as your athletic career is concerned? 2020 Tokyo has been obviously postponed to yep. 2021. So that's definitely the next goal. But I think prior to that would be actually getting into a pool and getting used to swimming again and, yeah. and that kind of stuff because that stuff might take a little bit of time. Been out of the water nearly three months, I guess, close enough to. It's just really about getting reacquainted with the water and getting those miles back under my belt. And yeah, the rest hopefully will come and yeah, I'll be able to, I guess, swim fast again by the end of this year. Oh, um, you'll be but uh, yeah, that's definitely my next athletic goal and um, we'll see how that goes. So tell me, do you have a particular book or a person that has inspired you? I wouldn't say I have a book, but my parents definitely are inspirations for me. And I guess they've been able to be with me on my journey and like get up on those early mornings and drop me to training and help me with food preparation and all that kind of stuff um, yeah. as an athlete and, and as, a, as a human. So I think, yeah, they're definitely um, inspirations for me and, and role models and, and help like set my values and beliefs, I guess, that I hold today. And yeah, I guess uh, I've been, it's not so much a book, but I've really enjoy watching documentaries of like other sports stars or other people that have, I guess, tried through adversity and really kind of gone out the other side and learned something from it. Um, I'm just watching the, the Last Dance at the moment on Netflix uh, about Michael Jordan. And yeah, he has some not so great parts, but um, I think his kind of ethos around his attitude towards training and yeah. his attitude towards getting the most out of himself is pretty cool. And it kind of hits home to me, like that every kind of sports star or business person or person of that kind of nature is pretty much the same. They all want to, I guess, get the best out of themselves. No matter how they do that, they kind of see every day as 84,000 seconds, yes. not, so, not so much as one day after the one other. Day, so, yes. Yeah. Yes, it's very cool. And this is the interesting thing about success and people that succeed in achieving their goals is that we don't see their failures. All we see is the, the end result and we think, oh, yeah, that just happened overnight. But there's a lot of hard work behind that, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. I think there's a lot of different stuff, I guess, that we have going on that the public don't see. And that's, I guess, what really makes us human and really kind of helps us grow as people because, yeah, at the end of the day, the success or failure is only replicated in the minute to 30 seconds of that race or of that particular activity and it's really I guess the 10,000 hours of work or the years of sacrifice that are really the ones that really kind of change how you kind of perceive something and what you can kind of do in the preceding years moving forward and yeah I guess that's definitely what the public don't see and sometimes don't understand but but yeah it's, it's just the way the way it is. You've worked hard and you've achieved your goals and that's just amazing Matt congratulations on what you've achieved so far. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. It's been great to chat and I've listened to your podcast and um, you have some brilliant people on there and you do some brilliant interviews. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been really inspiring and I'm sure you've inspired the people that are watching and the people that are listening because I'll be putting this on the podcast as well. If there's anybody out there that would like to contact you, how would they do that? Uh, I think the easiest way to contact me is through, through my LinkedIn. That's um, probably the easiest way to contact me or I have a website mattlevyoam.com.au but either way LinkedIn or website. 
what I'll do below this video, I'll put the LinkedIn link for the viewers, just even to say hi and congratulations. Cool. And good luck in 2021. I'm sure we'll hear a lot about Matt in Tokyo. Fingers crossed. But um, yeah, thanks so much for your time. And yeah, it was great to chat. You've been listening to Conversations with Grace, the podcast. You can follow me on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate and review this podcast. Join me next week for another episode of Conversations with Grace, Journeys to Entrepreneurship. For more information, you can go to gracechevelle.com.au. Thank you so much for listening.